Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. And so, uh, last week, you know, we started talking on the subject of uh, your place and uh, talking about serving in the church and... Um, uh, had three goals, uh, things that uh, we wanted to accomplish last week. We wanted to basically, first and foremost, always obey the Lord. And uh, when he put something on our heart, you know, we want to obey him and speak what, what he would have us to say. You know, you, you should uh, 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 enjoy the fact or be confident in the fact or secure in the fact that uh, you go to a church where we endeavor to follow the Holy Ghost and not just a plan or just a, a system of doing things, but we endeavor to follow the direction of the Lord and, and wherever he directs us to go, obviously it's good for us and it'll be uh, beneficial. Uh, we want to encourage people to get involved in the church and also motivate people to be ready for what's next. And so uh, that's the, uh, the focus of what we've been talking about and hopefully we'll get some more things out this morning. Uh, but in getting ready for today, uh, the Lord reminded me of the scripture. Go with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. And I just want to look at this real quick. And this is just kind of a good reminder for us, no matter what it is we're looking at, no matter what it is uh, we're talking about or, or uh, studying, whether it be you know, in a service like, th- like this morning or even in your own private time uh, with the Lord. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in the 11th verse, it says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. And uh, Paul was just saying, listen, we are, we are, we're being honest before you. Our heart is wide open. We have your best intentions uh, at heart. Verse 12, you are not restricted by us, but are restricted by your own affections. Verse 13, now in return for the same, I speak as children. I speak to you as children. You also be open. And, and the Lord reminded me of this scripture. You know, it's important that we always stay open to the word of God and stay open to the voice of the spirit. Uh, you know, uh, he, we do know this. If you've been born again any length of time and have any interaction with our Heavenly Father, He wants the very best for us. He's always looking to bless us. He, he's not the author of confusion. He doesn't want to confuse us. He doesn't want to hurt us. Uh, he doesn't want to uh, uh, do bad things to us. He's just good. He wants to be good. And um, anytime he, he does something or brings something up, uh, it's important that we remain open to it. You know, there's a danger, and, and no matter what the subject is, to, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in a place where uh, we're open to certain things but not open to other things. Because whether we've heard them before or whether they're not comfortable or whatever, I would just encourage you to, to maintain as, as, a, as a stance in your life as a stance with God, as a position with God, as a, as a heart position before the Father, to always be open. And not just be open to an individual, but be open to the Word of God. If, if something is written in Scripture, it's beneficial, it's profitable, it's, it's good for us. And um, no matter what the subject is, be open and, and, and uh, listen to what the Lord would say to you. It's a vital thing for our success. God wants to bless us. God wants to bless you. God wants to promote you. He wants to fulfill you. He wants to help you step into what he created you for. He believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. And he doesn't see our failures. He doesn't see our problems. He sees the potential that he placed in us. He sees the fact that the blood of Jesus was shed for you. He sees that, and he's wanting to draw that out of you. So uh, the only way that that can't happen is either not knowing him, which obviously if you don't know him, then you can't participate with that. And then number two, not being open to his help and his direction. And the Holy Spirit is our guide. He is our teacher, and that's what he's here to do. And so uh, as we go on talking about these things, when pastor's talking about 
uh, in, in Christ's realities or, or uh, the things he's been speaking about or, or Wednesday nights when uh, Steve Green this last week talked about faithfulness and be open to what's being said and ask, ask the Lord, what are you saying to me about this? Not just ask yourself, but ask the Lord, what are you saying? What, what, what do I need to see? What do I need to be aware of? And if you'll do that, God will speak to you. Amen. I said, if you'll do that and expect an answer, he will speak to you very, very clearly. And then we'll grow. We'll, we'll go where we need to go. Amen. So we started talking uh, last week about uh, this subject. Like I said, I want to obey the Lord, but encourage people to get involved and also to motivate us uh, to be ready for what's next. Go with me over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I'm going to real quickly just touch a few things. Uh, I'm hoping it won't take very long. You can listen to last week's uh, message and uh, thank God for technology. It's right at our fingertips, no matter, no matter what's going on, it's right there. So um, we can go and listen to those things and uh, hear, hear last week's uh, message. But in Ephesians, the uh, sixth chapter, uh, what, is, what is it? Ephesians chapter four, I'm sorry. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse seven says, but each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Notice, to each of us, grace was given. When he ascended on high, he let, led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. We'll skip on down to verse, verse 11. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You know, I know that it's become, uh, in many denominations and many churches, it's become the, the tradition or the way of doing things that the pastor is the one who does the work of the ministry. He, uh, the pastor, the, the, the staff at the church, they're the ones that, that preach and they're hired and fired in many places. I, I was just reading something this morning about a, a minister where, uh, of a large church where the, the board got together and, and, and fired the pastor because they didn't like something. And I don't know all the details, it's none of my business. But the, the, the idea of many churches is that the pastor's there to handle the business of the church and, and they're there to be there and to be fed and be ministered to and to get the things they need. But actually what the Apostle Paul here said, by the inspiration of the Spirit, he said these gifts are given, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, not for the running of the church, it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. It's for the equipping of the saints. Our job is like a coach. You know, I'm, we, pastor is the Bill, the, the honest version of the Bill Belichick, you know, uh, of the church. Because I'm, any Patriots fans here this morning? We'll pray for you. One over there. We're praying for you, Joel. All right. So um, uh, he, he's, the, he's, the, he's the coach, so to speak. And then you've got some assistant coaches working under him. Well, I mean, no, Bill, Bill Belichick isn't the one that's out on the field. He's the one coaching. We wouldn't want to see Bill Belichick out on the field. They probably wouldn't have like a thousand rings, you know. Uh, we want the players to be on the field, the ones who are graced to do the job. Bill Belichick is graced to coach the team. Tom Brady is coached to run the team on the field or, or graced to run the, the team on the field, right? And, uh, and so it says here that these gifts are given for, given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. There's work to be done. And our job is to equip you to, to do it. Now, just because someone is equipped or not equipped doesn't mean they're going to do it. There's still a decision has got to be made to use what you've been given, right? And, and the equipping you've received and put it into practice. But that's the purpose for the work, for the uh, uh, edifying or the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We've got a lot of work to do, right? 
that we should all, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things into him who is the head. I love these verses because when it gives us purpose, when it tells us why the purpose behind something, you know, with purpose, there's provision to do it. With the purpose to do something, the means to accomplish it is there. Listen, there's not a single task that's too great. When, when, when there's purpose given, we can do it. Read those scriptures that it's for the, we should no longer be children, immature, tossed about by every doctrine or every idea that blows through, right? It says that we, we would, or that by the craftiness, you know, people can be crafty. People being inspired by the enemy can be very crafty, right? That we can be, be we can walk above those things, that, uh, that uh, we would grow up into all things, into him, Christ, to grow up. We can do this. We've been given what we need. Verse 16, for whom the whole body, notice, back to the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There, this thing, the way God is, you say, I don't like that. I wish God would have set that up another way. Well, whether we like it or not, that's the way he set it up, right? I mean, that's the way that, whether you like gravity or not, that's the way it works. And, and, and if you don't like it, if you try to do it another way, I, I would not recommend you attempt it from a very high vantage point. Try it from your chair. Don't get on the roof and say, you know, I don't like gravity. I'm going to do it my own way. It's not going to work out well for you, right? Well, this is the way God has set the church up. And, and whether it's convenient, whether we like it or not, it's the way it's done it. But when we do it, when we, when we put into practice and, and participate with the, the plan of God, it causes growth of the body. And all of those things, maturity and, 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 and uh, wisdom and all of those things that are needed, they become ours. We, we walk in them as a whole, as a body. And so uh, every person has a grace upon their life. Every person has a part to play, amen? And then the next verse we read was in Romans uh, chapter 12. We won't read all of this. Uh, Romans 12, 1 through 8. I'll let you read those things. Uh, uh, Paul did say in the third verse, it says, but I say, or I warn you, the Amplified Bible, in Romans 12, 3, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you. Everyone who is among you. Why do we go over stuff again? Because we need to hear it again, right? And, and it's important that, that, you know, anything you hear, anytime you hear something, if you're not careful, you'll go back to thinking the way you thought before, right? And uh, so we need to look at these things again. He said, I warn you through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of themselves or himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Everybody say that. Let us use them. Let us use them. Paul said, I warn you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought but, but, but God has given you a measure of faith. He's given graces upon your life. Let them use them. Let us use them. Amen? And then the last verse, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 10. These are the three scriptures we started off with. Ephesians 2 in the 10th verse. Wait till you get there. Ephesians 2, verse 10. You need to see this for yourself. It says, for we are his workmanship 
God's own handiwork. God was personally involved in your design, amen? We are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works, for good works. Each one was created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's your purpose, that you are created for these things. Well, what are good works? Well, you know, there are a lot of good things, but not all things qualify as good works that the scripture is talking about. You know, you can be involved in a lot of things, you know, uh, graduation seasons and all these things. You have people presenting awards from this community uh, group or this civic organization, and they're wonderful things. But how many know that if it's uh, things that have eternal value are things that have eternal purpose behind them and, and that give eternal glory to God, right, that, that point people to Jesus. And so things are good, but, but we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. They're in Christ's good works, not just natural human good works, but in Christ's good works, you know, I believe in saving the environment or, or, or saving the planet or, or not being abusive. I'm, I'm not a, 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 a greenie or by any means, but uh, I believe in, you know, we ought to be respectful and not be wasteful. But how many know that no matter how many good works we do, we're not going to save this planet? No matter how much we do, how much you recycle, no matter how much you give yourself to it, you're not saving the planet. The planet cannot be saved. Peter said it's going to melt with fervent heat. You can't save it. So uh, good works, there are good things, but only some things are eternal, right? He says, for his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so we talk about the fact that God knows who you are. He placed these things in you and that we should walk these things out. Like I said, we can't go into, into everything that we talked about last week, but uh, just a couple things. Uh, 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 Jesus is building his church, and that is the number one place that we need to be involved. The number one thing uh, that we need to get our hands involved in and be a part of is uh, uh, the, 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 what Jesus is doing in the building of the church. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I'll read it to you, the 27th verse. So, but you are, but now you, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church: first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, the gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and variety of tongues. So, there's place for everybody. This doesn't just mean you've got to become a pastor, you've got to become a minister, and go into the fivefold ministry. Helps is an official ministry of the church. It is so important. It is so important. Without it, we wouldn't be here today. Without a strong and healthy helps ministry uh, and, and the grace that's there for, for that, that, that area of service, uh, we wouldn't be here today. So every person's got a part. Uh, two things we looked at that we want to make sure that uh, God places us. It's not our decision what church we're a part of, what local body we're a part of. It's also not our choice what position we have and the things that God graces us to do. I did say that there are times where if something is not getting done, if a job is not being filled, sometimes the person that needs to fill it isn't here yet. We've not reached them. That's why we should always be making sure that we are outwardly focused and not just inwardly focused. There are people out there who have never met the Lord. We have fingers and toes of this local body, body parts that belong to this body that are there for the equipping or, or for the maturing of this body that don't even know the Lord yet. And so there is much to be done. And so there are times where, where that's the case where the person who has a particular role maybe isn't here yet. Well, then it's okay to, to, to ask the Lord, would you have me to fill that spot? And God would grace you temporarily to do that. 
But oftentimes there are things people are having to do because others aren't doing them because they're graced to do it, but they're the person who's graced to do it hasn't taken that spot. And so uh, we always want to be seeking the Lord, what he wants to do. It's his place. It's his decision. He puts us where he wants us to have and that where he wants us to be. And then we talked about it's our reasonable service. It is reasonable to honor the Lord with our lives. He died for us. We can live for him, right? And so it is reasonable. So this morning, uh, I want to get into uh, some new things, and, and we'll see. It's already 1130. We'll see uh, how far we get. But there are, uh, why is this so important? There are two reasons, and we did touch on this a little bit last week. Go over to Ephesians, back to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. There are two reasons that I wrote down or I had on my heart to talk about. And we've already covered one of them, so I'll just look at it again. But uh, in Ephesians 4, the 16th verse, it says, The whole body, joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effect of working, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I'd given the example last week of the minister who had talked about, uh, went to the particular church and uh, uh, several people met him at the door to, to welcome him and open the door and, and to make things easy for him and, and to, to, to just move things along. He got into the study, the back area, and there was a person there standing there and asked him if he'd gone to the restroom yet. And he said, no. And he said, well, that's my, he called it my area. That's my area. You won't find a cleaner bathroom in the church. And he said, this was kind of the mindset throughout the church. People were serving in all kinds of places. People were, were, were active, active and involved. They were, they were, it was, it was a place where things were not getting undone and people were actively looking for a place that they could serve and searching and seeking God. And every part is important. The person who welcomes somebody, whether it be the minister or the, or the guest who comes in or meets somebody in the parking lot, I mean, everybody who serves somewhere is valuable, right? And it has importance and it's eternal weight attached to it. People who clean the bathrooms and do these things, it is important to the body of Christ. How I many know we ought to have clean bathrooms, I know when we were in Jacksonville, you know, we were renting a school. Uh, we didn't rent the school. The church rented a school for three years. And so every Sunday morning, we had a church is just getting started. We started kind of big as far as a lot of stuff and a lot of things. And, and we got in there at 8 o'clock in the morning and started setting up. We did it every Sunday morning for three years, set up the entire music, uh, uh, the band, the stage, the sound system, all the chairs, uh, the children's departments, Amy set those up. I set up the youth where we met. Uh, of course, I did the sound and music and then set the youth stuff up. And so we were busy, busy, busy. Well, part of it too, we went to the bathrooms and made sure they were clean. Not all school bathrooms are the same. And so uh, you, you don't want to be welcoming somebody to your church, right? And they go to the bathroom and, and have to run for the doors. And so we would go in and clean the bathrooms. Why? Because we want to make sure that things are being presented well. You know, there's a part of doing what we're called to do, but doing it well. And, and doing it well is important as unto the Lord. If Jesus were here, what would the bathroom look like? If Jesus were here, what, what, if he were coming in, would we think it was okay to greet him at the door? Would anybody think that was weird if Jesus pulled up, you know, and would to somebody to go out and help him in? Or when somebody comes in, if Jesus were to visit the church, would it be proper to have someone to greet them at the door and welcome them and, and really actually welcome them and not just say welcome words, but actually welcome heart behind it, right? I mean, you know, excellence in what we do is everything. And I'm not going to talk about that this morning, but, you know, excellence is important. Doing things well. Amen. Uh, uh, but, but it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. So it's so important because when we're doing this, growth happens. That church where they had that, that kind of uh, philosophy as a church, obviously it had been talked about a lot. 
because it doesn't just happen on its own. It was talked about a lot. When you have a church doing that and it's causing edifying, the body is being built up, the church grows, not just in numbers, but spiritually as well. God can trust that kind of a place with deeper revelations because they're walking out the things they've already seen and heard. They're, they're pursuing the things they've already heard from God and God can trust them with more. And so when we say that, it's up to all of us to make sure we are stewarding these things well in our own lives, amen? And then the next part of why, is this, is so, why this is so important is because there is reward attached to this. In fact, your reward is attached to this right here. Uh, I've got so many things here. Go with me over to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew the 16th chapter. This is such an important issue and such an important thing. You know, I know for me, it's been something for the last several years that, that the Lord has continually brought me back to and, and, and um, uh, making me, causing me to live aware of this. But, you know, we've got we've to yield ourselves to it and, and, and pay attention to these things. But there's a reward attached to what we do. And not just reward here, there's eternal reward attached to what we do. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, in the 24th verse, and then Jesus said to his disciples, not just to the 12, but to the disciples. He said to all of those who are following him, uh, he says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, remember, we're talking about the issue or the subject of serving. We're talking about the importance of your place in the local church and why is this important? He said here, he said that uh, uh, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The Amplified says disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interest. Let me read that again. This is the Amplified. Goes, it, it amplifies the scriptures in more detail. It says disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interest. Young's literal translation, translation there, there are three or four versions of the Bible I always check my scriptures against, and this is one of them. It says, the, Young's literal says, let him disown himself. If anyone wants to come after me, follow me. Let him disown himself. What does it mean? It's not my life, any, like Paul said, it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me, right? It's not my life, it belongs to him. He said, so let him uh, disown himself. He said, for whoever desire, desires to save his life will lose it, whoever, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man that he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the, in the glory of his Father and his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who have not tasted death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. But notice it says he will reward each according to his work. Now, we said last week the works we're talking about, just to make sure we're clarifying, they're not works unto righteousness. How I many know we're, we're not saved by what we do? You can't earn it. I can't earn it. We can't earn it. So we don't, we're not, our works don't buy us. Don't, we're not purchasing a ticket into heaven. Jesus purchased the ticket. But we get in on his purchase by grace through faith. It's the grace of God alone through faith. And so there are works that lead, un, or, or lead unto righteousness, believing in him, right? Uh, trusting or putting our faith, our trust, complete abandonment in who he is, giving our lives to him. That is an action on our part, right? But there are works that result from righteousness. It's like being a father. There are results, there, there are works that lead to being a father. We won't get into that this morning, but there are works that, re, that lead as results 
result of being a father, right? When you become a father, responsibility is now yours. But Steve Green talked on Wednesday night about being faithful. Well, a faithful man will provide for his family. He will be emotionally in all of these different areas. Why there are, there are works leading unto and also works leading from. And so when it comes to our salvation, there are things we do to lead into righteousness, but there are things that, that, are, that are expected and oftentimes many in, in response that lead from our position of righteousness, right? And so he said here that each one will be rewarded according to his own work. Each person will be rewarded according to his own, according to his own work. So why do we want to do this? Well, because it causes growth of the body, but reward is attached to it. Your reward is attached. It says each one according to his work. That means God, he knows what he designed you for. He actually did it himself. You're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works that you should use them. He says, let us use them. The grace that's on your life, he put them there. So how you respond to that and what you do to that determines what reward you, you receive. Now, I will say this as a side note. Oftentimes, you know, it says in the scripture, let him deny himself and follow me. Serving uh, involves sacrifice. Everybody out there this morning, that's your favorite word to hear on a Sunday morning. I'll never forget in the seventh grade, I got knocked out of the school. I was in near the finals of the school spelling bee and the word was sacrifice and I misspelled it. And the lady goes, your dad's a preacher. You're going to be in trouble. I was like, great. All right. So, uh, and I don't even know, how do you spell the word sacrifice wrong? I have no idea, but I managed to do it. So, uh, Sacrifice, it's not our favorite word. I couldn't even spell it right. I, uh, I don't, anyway, uh, but no, sacrifice, service involves sacrifice. He says, let him uh, take up his cross and follow me. Something the Lord said to me when I was looking at this, he said, if your service doesn't involve sacrifice, it's neither. He said, if your service doesn't involve sacrifice, it's neither. Now, I know people have different things in life that, that we're doing. Some things we do are because that the positions God has put us in. That, and, and I'll say this. I said it last week. Not every, I'm not talking about just things here in the church. Also things outside of the church. You have a role in the church. You have a role outside of the church. You have both, yes. right? And, and we have a job to do there that's serving there and serving our generation and reaching our generation. We also have things that we do here in the church. But service that doesn't involve sacrifice isn't really service, and it's not a sacrifice if it doesn't involve it. What does that mean? Well, if it doesn't require something of us, we'll say it this way, serving when it's convenient isn't service. Now, there is a part of making your life fit so that your serving is convenient, but you've made the sacrifice on the front end so it can be convenient. And so you made a lifestyle change of sacrifice. You sacrifice something so that it can be convenient so you remove one of the obstacles to your service, right? But even every step along the way, when God moves you into something, when you enter, the grace that's on our life, none of us see it on day one, the full measure of it, right? None of us see it the full measure where we are developing in this grace because God can't trust us. We can't yield to that kind of grace all at once, no matter what the area is. But as we do, as you're growing in that grace, there'll be times where more sacrifice is required to step into more grace. If you're going to follow in the grace that he's given you and develop, more sacrifice is going to take place. Well, I don't like the way that sounds. Well, 
I don't either, but that's, that is the way it is. That's the way it works. If you're going to develop any athlete, we talked about the, 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 the Patriots, you know, Tom Brady, I'm not a Patriots fan, but you got to respect the man. He's good at what he does. Sacrifice was required probably at a young age to get where he is, right? But then there was sacrifice every step along the way. If he was going to get those five or six or 20 championships, whatever he has, right? Sacrifice was going to have to be made along the way. I think the last year he didn't take a pay, uh, he, he didn't take a larger pay raise so he could stay with this team. So they could pay other players, bring other talented players in to increase their chances to getting another championship. That's sacrifice. I said, that's sacrifice. Now I will say this. Anything we do, any sacrifice we make in this life, any works we do, if they're not for the kingdom of God, they will not produce eternal result. I said they won't produce eternal result. If it's not for the kingdom of God, it won't produce eternal result. And so I'm not, I, I, I'll just, it's, that's just the way it is. Now, I will say this, God wants us to naturally to, to excel and do things. He wants that for us, but not at the, at the, at the, the risk of losing our, uh, our place for the kingdom of God and our eternal reward, right? And so sacrifice, service, our service to the Lord is going to require sacrifice. Like I said, if, it's only, if you only serve if and when it's convenient, then you're, you're, it doesn't involve sacrifice. So who are you doing it for? For yourself or for the Lord? That may be a little strong way of putting it, but, but it, 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 there, you have to look at things honestly. What, what, when, if you're going to do something for the Lord, it's going to challenge you. Paul was, there was a challenge for Paul to do what he was called to do. There was a sacrifice for the disciples to do what they were going to do. To fill their role, there was sacrifice involved. Right? Now, whether we're, we're asked to do what they were asked to do or what Paul was asked to do or what somebody else is asked to do, the, the real thing is, what is the Lord asking you to do? And if it doesn't involve sacrifice, I would go back and say, Lord, let me clarify, make sure I'm hearing you right. Sacrifice is always involved. Sacrifice is always involved. There's no way around it. Sacrifice is a part of service, right? And so, you know, really it comes down to what do we value? That's why God rewards eternal things. When we sacrifice of ourselves and sacrifice our own agenda for his agenda. I mean, God just can't help but to pour out blessing on your life in this life, but in the life, which is to come. Remember the scripture here says that the son of man will come in glory in the glory of his father and with his angels. And then he will reward each according to his works. Why? Because sacrifice made for him is rewarded by him. Sacrifice made for him and for the kingdom of God, he personally rewards that. Whew. I mean, you think getting an award, we, we honored our, our, our graduates this morning. It was awesome. Hey, you guys did a great job, read off their accomplishments. But I'm telling you what, there's a day coming where we're going to stand before Jesus himself and he will we'll, we'll hear one of two things. Either well you're here or well done, right? I mean, you know, we'll hear one or the other. And, 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 and for him to say thank you, Thank you for what you've done. Good and faithful servant, enter into, the, the, enter into your reward. That's what we want to hear. And so when we sacrifice for him, he will reward us great. And I'll say this too, the things that are done in private, God will honor those things openly. Sometimes a sacrifice is not someone not seeing what you're doing. Has the Lord asked anybody to do something that nobody knew what it was? And in fact, you were struggling the whole time. Why am I doing this? Somebody else probably should be doing this, but it needs to be done. So I'm going to do it, but nobody's going to know it took place. 
The good news is someone did see it. The Lord Jesus Christ saw every bit of it. He saw every moment of it, every second of it. And he even, well, you say, well, I was kind of questioning and, and unsure. He saw your, your faithfulness to stick it out and to do it. If your heart was right and you, may, and you got your heart right, he saw that and he will reward that openly. Woo, praise God. That is awesome. He's going to reward each one according to the work. Say, well, I'm too busy. Listen, there's, there is nothing more important than this. There is nothing more important than this. I read something this last week that somebody was saying that people spend their whole lives preparing for eternity. I'm not going to get finished today, but they spend their whole lives preparing for eternity. I mean, for, 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 for retirement. Prepare for, and that's good. Prepare for retirement. You ought to prepare for retirement. But there's something vastly more important than retirement. It, what's coming after this? What's coming after this is a whole lot longer than retirement. Retirement, 10, 20, 30 years maybe, whatever it is. Eternity is forever. It, he, the Bible says in the ages to come in Ephesians, he'll show his grace in the ages to come. This life is not even considered an age. This is my life. But the, 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 the church age has been the last 2,000 years. I've only been a part of it this much. Just a small segment of the church age. Well, there are ages to come. And it says here, he'll reward you according to your work. What you're doing during this time, your reward is based on this time, what you do now. What you have then is all about this right here. To say that I don't have time means you don't fully understand what's at stake. You don't fully understand what's at stake because it's, there is more to, we are already in eternity. If you didn't know it, we're in eternity and we look around, we're going to be with each other a long time, right? But, but, and we'll look at it. Listen, what you do now determines what you have then. Now I know this can be a little sobering, right? It can be a little sobering, but it, it's reality. And it's not just because I'm saying the scripture says it. He says he'll give to each one according to his work, not somebody else's work. He didn't even say the church you belong to, the, the work that they did, or the collective work that you did as, as a group. No, those things are important because if you had a part to play in the collective work, then you'll be rewarded for the part you had to play, right? But it, it'll be each one for their own work. You'll be rewarded for your own work. There is nothing more important than this. Now, it's interesting, like I said, the last several years for me, this is something that the Lord has continually just been kind of drawing me back to. How I many know you can get... You can get, there are a lot of good, even truths in the Bible that are wonderful, great truths in scripture. And the Lord had, you know, looking at this and looking at that, but he continually brings me back to this, this general idea and this, this, this general way of thinking. Now, is it because I'm getting older? Yeah, I'm getting older. And so he's, he's wanting me to, 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 to be careful and right, use my time. But maybe it's not just the fact that I'm getting older. Maybe his return is getting closer and he's wanting to prepare. Listen, he loves us enough to say, listen, your time is short. He loves us enough to say, listen, what you do, new, do now matters. And whether somebody sees it or not, it, that really doesn't matter. When they see it, it's great. When they thank you for it, it's great. If you don't take pride and get in the middle of pride, of, oh, well, I did do a good job, didn't I? Yeah. Well, if you do that, then you start losing reward, Right? But he sees all of those things. He's aware of all of those things. The, de the decisions we're making and what we're doing, they, they hold eternal value. 
I'm reminded of Paul, I I warn you, I urge you not to think of yourself, you can say this way, what you know right now. Not to think of yourself and your, your, your knowledge of your existence at this moment. Right? Remember the Bible says when we, when we stand before him, we'll, we'll, we'll know him as we, we'll see, we'll see clearly, we'll know him as we are known. Our, our perspective will be a lot wider at that point. Our view of how things work is going to completely change, right? And the things we thought were the way here, we'll realize they're not quite the way we thought they were. They're, they're, they might have an element of this, but they're so much bigger, Right? And so he said, not to think of yourself, your current position more highly than you ought. I warn you not. Why? Because how we view these things determines it. God loves us so much. He's like, listen, don't miss out. Don't miss out. This is good. This is helpful. But I know these things can be challenging at times because it requires sacrifice on our part or laying our lives down. But, but really, there's nothing greater are we, are we children of God? Are we, are we imitators of God or are we not? Who are we? Have you accepted Jesus as a fire insurance policy or as your Lord and Savior? What have you taken? He gave all, freely gave all. He still, it's all still available to us. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond to it? He's given us so much. You may think, well, the whole idea of reward, it just seems, just seems wrong. Like, well, I should be motivated. You're, you're trying to motivate me because you said your three purposes was to, to, to encourage people to get involved and, to, and to, 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 to encourage them or whatever word to, to not miss out and, and to enter in. I, I, think, I think the idea of reward is kind of selfish. We should be more interested in heavenly good. Well, it is part of being heavenly effective, right? For eternally effective. But God uses the the idea of reward and the promises of reward throughout all scripture. Didn't Jesus tell us uh, that Luke in in Acts chapter 20 said is more blessed, quoting Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? Didn't he say it's more blessed to give than to receive? He's saying, listen, so you could say on that alone, our motivation to give is because it's more blessed to give. Our own motivation, we need no other motivation because Jesus said it's more blessed to give. So I'm gonna give because it's more blessed to give. It's more blessed to give and and nothing else attached to it. I'm gonna give because it's more blessed to give and he said to give and so I'm gonna give. How many know that that doesn't always meet it? That doesn't always inspire us the the way we could be inspired, right? He throws in other things in Luke chapter six, give and it will be given to you, right? He didn't just say give, That was the command in Luke 6 was the command, give. That was the instruction. That was our part, give. He could have said Luke 6, 38 could be the shortest verse in the Bible and not Jesus wept. It could be just give, right? It'd be the shortest verse in the Bible and they're building their house. One of the framers put put that scripture reference, you know, and put on, on, the, on, the, on the framing. I don't know what he was doing, but maybe it was hot that day. Jesus wept and so did I. I so did I. I don't know, but he put G, the scripture, Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the Bible. This could have been the shortest verse. Give. Give. And let me know that we have command. And so what does he expect us to do? That's not a true. What does he expect us to do? What does he expect us to do? Give. He expects us to give. Why? Because he said so. I know, I, you know, I, I, I remember growing up. I didn't ask the question why. Because it was because I said so, right? 
And, and she gave me the, she's like, yeah, that's right. That's the way I'm, that's the way I parent. So anyway, she said, because I, because I said so. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but there was also some motivation behind it, you know, and not to get the eyebrow or whatever. But uh, no, she, there was an element of that, but there's also an element of what's in it for me. The reason why you want to give. Why do you want to do well in school? Why do you want to do this? Why? Because it'll pay off for you later. He could have said give, and, we, he would, and he would be 100% okay to expect every one of us to give without fail. He's in his right to do it. We have a command, and we know it. Yet he still loves us enough to give us other reasons behind it. Give, and it will be given to you. Not just given to you, but he's going he's gonna to describe it. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. There was one command and four bonuses to doing it, Right? I mean, it was one thing you need to do and then four reasons why it's in your best interest to do it. Why? Because he loves us that much because he knows how we are. The Bible would be super short if it was just command only, but there are many commands and many more promises attached to it. Why? Because he knows who we are. And so the idea of reward and serving for reward is completely scriptural because it's in the Bible. Our reward is attached to this. Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says that anyone who comes to God must believe that what? He is and that he is. Is that what it says? No, it says that he is and that he is a what? A rewarder. God's a rewarder. If, he, if that's something, listen, if that's something he is saying about himself in the scriptures, and describing, he's describing himself to us that way as a rewarder, is it wrong for us to look at him as a rewarder and to want the reward that he would give us? Is it wrong? No, it would be foolish to not. It would be crazy to not to, to look for it and want those things. Your service is attached to your reward. All the other good things you do are great, but they have no bearing on your reward. Go with me to Revelations 22. It's 11.56. We're going to stop it here in just a minute. 11, uh, uh, Revelations 22, verse 12. Thank God he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Thank God he, he's coming and his reward is with him. Amen? In Revelations chapter 22, in the 12th verse, it says, Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. He said, behold, I am coming quickly in my reward. Now it's interesting that the Bible says that we are laborers together with Christ, right? That's what the Bible says, we're laborers together with him. Why did he include us in his labor? You ever thought about that? It's his labor, it's his work. Why are we a part of it? It says right here, he says, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. His reward is with me. See, another way to look at this is not just your reward. Why is this so important that, that, that where we serve, right? In our, in our service, there, like I said, there are a lot of good things you can do, a lot of good things you can be involved in, but there's nothing more important than the service to the, in the kingdom of God. Remember, that goes on outside, that goes on inside. 
And I'm going to say it again. What goes on here, this is the local chapter or the local office or whatever of this particular uh, segment of the body of Christ. And he places you where he wants you to be with specific things and roles to fill, functions to fill in that local body. He's got specific things out there for you to do. He has specific things in here for you to do that you should walk in them. And he says, let them, let us, let you, let me, right, use them. Right? So he said all of those things. Why is it so important for us that we serve, even when sacrifice is involved, in the things that he's called us to do in the place he's put us? Because it's our work, but we're really pigtailing or joining in on his work. It's our reward, but really it's his reward for the work. He said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. I don't know if anybody is getting excited about this or not because some people are like, oh, I don't know what's going on. It's, it, it's, it's his reward. It's his work. The work you're involved in determines what the reward is. If it's human work, it's human reward. If it's heavenly work, it's heavenly reward. I'm telling you, if it, there, is not, there is nothing greater than to find your place that you've been called to and the position God has for you and the thing he has custom made for you that no matter what you think, it fits you like a glove, right? He's made it for you. But it's not just natural things. It's heavenly things. It's, it's kingdom things. It's Jesus things, and when he comes, he said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to each one. Means part of his reward. Why are we laborers together with him? So we can not just join in the work, but join in his reward. His, it's, not even just, it's not even just our own. I keep saying it. Do you get that? It's not even just us. It's Jesus's reward that we will get a share of it according to what we do. Wow. I mean, you know, you, you, you get rewarded naturally. That's great. But when you get a, folks, this is the reward of the king of kings we get a part of. We, we get in on the reward that the one who was and is and is to come, his reward, right? The father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, we get part of the son's reward. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Do you get it just because you're a believer? No. Do you get it just because you're part of the family? No. Your reward is based on what you do. Not works to righteousness, not making you part of the family, but works you do as a result of being in the family. Works that come out of that. Each one will receive his reward based on what they do. That is huge. I said, that is huge. God, I'm telling you, if we could get a glimpse of what, of what is waiting us. Let me say this. If we could get a glimpse of what 100%, now I'll be honest with you. I, I've already missed 100% faithfulness. I've missed it. Anybody else missed it? Not been faithful, even maybe in a little detail somewhere. I mean, maybe I know Rachel's close. She's almost perfect, but surely there's a hint of somewhere maybe that she says very small. So a hint of just a little bit of maybe she missed the mark. Thank God for First John 1, 9. Well, okay. Let's. When we're not faithful, I haven't heard Steve's message on Sunday, Wednesday. I don't know if he said any of this, but when we're not faithful, 
It's not just that, well, you're not faithful. It's actually choosing to do something other than obey. Right? Convenient, not convenient. It's a choice to do something other than obey or to, well, I didn't know what it was. Well, I didn't know what that thing was. So that's not an excuse when it's been, when you've been given the Holy Spirit, who is the revealer of truth. When he is the perfect guide, when you've got him in your life, when through the new birth, and then especially the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's no excuse to not know. Now, there's grace for you to move forward in these things, right? But to say, well, I didn't know, that, that won't be an answer. But when we're not obedient to do these things, it, it's, it's disobedience to God, right? He can't reward that. He can't reward that. But when we miss it, when we make a mistake, I said, I, I've made mistakes. I've not, I've not hit my full potential in times past. I got two things to tell you. Number one, if we confess our sins and disobedience of sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, even this stuff, he'll cleanse us, right? Do you believe that to be true? Has anybody ever prayed that scripture and, or stood on that scripture when you approached the Lord before? I have many, many, many times and probably will again, right? That he is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse from all unrighteousness. But I will say this, it doesn't necessarily say you get your reward back. You got us all happy and then you got us, oh, that's not fair. Yeah, that's not good. What's wrong with you? Now, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. I do know God gives us more chances. Has the Lord ever laid something on your heart? You said no the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, and about like the 30,000th time, you're like, okay, 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 okay. I know I need to do this. I'll do it. Anybody ever done that before? He keeps coming. He's faithful. Thank God he is slow to anger and quick to forgive, right? I mean, his character, his character is always, he's, look, he's looking to just be a blessing to you now, but more importantly, later. This is short. I, I believe God's more interested in that than he is in this. I believe he's far more interested in that than he is on this. Because he knows this is short. To us, it seems like forever, but it seems long. It's nothing. So the first thing that's important, you can ask God to forgive you. God will forgive you. And, okay. You got to see it. You, you, you've got to own it. You've got to own the, we, we, I say you, we, myself included, we've got to own these things. We've got to own these things. And until you own something, how can you really fix it? Right? Until you own it, until you own your mess, how can you clean it? I didn't put that there. I didn't make that mess. I'm sure my mom heard that a bit as a kid. Well, I, well that was Steve. You know, he's a dirty animal. That's not me. That was Steve. He's so, he's so dirty and he just is such a mess. No. Who made that mess? Who, 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 who made that mess? Did you ever say that to me? Probably, yeah. I know it gets said at my house. Who made this mess? Where did this come from? Who is this mess and who is its author? I mean, I want to know who caused this. And if I don't get a response quick enough, you are the closest. You clean it up, you know. <laughs> you can't run because you're right there. Clean it up. and Because I'm sure you made another mess that you didn't clean up. So on credit, you're cleaning that mess. <laughs> but no, you, until you own it, you can't really clean it up. Until you, until it, for you to experience the grace 
not just what the, the position is, but the grace to fill it. And until you own where we've missed it in the past, you won't be able to walk in that. Areas where you missed it, you own it, right? Ask God to forgive you if your heart's right and you mean it. Not just say, forgive me with the intention of doing it again, but Lord, forgive me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do better. I'm, I'm gonna, by your grace, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get where I'm supposed to be. I'm gonna do what I'm called to do. I'm gonna fill my place inside and outside the church. I'm gonna be the son, the daughter of God you created me already to be and the walk in the works that you already prepared beforehand for me to do. I'm gonna walk in those things and you're not gonna have to tell me, you let them use them. You're gonna say, thank you for using them. I just want that, so I ask you to forgive me. When you do that, he'll forgive you. And then the other good thing to tell you is you're not done yet. You can ask forgiveness while there's breath in your body. You are not done yet. You are not done yet. You are not done yet. No matter how much unfaithfulness you've had in the past, no matter how much you've not done, today's a new day. You can start right where you are and start adding wings to your mansion. You can start adding rooms to your mansion, putting in cool things in your mansion. You can start doing that right where you are today. And it is completely and 100% right to live that way. That's completely right to live that way. Why? Wow, you're doing it unto the Father. You're, you're participating in the give, and now you get to participate in the, and it shall be given to you part. Right? Whew. And that is awesome. I said, that is awesome. One minister says this, this life is the shortest thing we'll ever do. This life is the shortest thing we'll ever do. What's next is going to be way beyond our wildest imaginations. Let's do our part now. Let's, 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 let's pass the job interview. Yeah, let's pass the job interview now. Amen. Let's all stand up. Praise God. Did you get anything out of that this morning? Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. Get busy serving. Get, find your place. Go to the Lord. And if you're not sure, if you can, if you're not sure what that is, come, come to one of us. We'll help you and, and find what those things are. We'll work with you to, to work those things out. Amen. There are needs all over it, but really it's not just about need. It's really not just about need because we're need based and need responsive. We'll only get done what's not being done, right? It's not just about need. It's about reward. It's about honoring God. It's about it's about doing all of those things and, and, and walking worthy of the Lord. There may be areas where we're not in need, but we're not running at 100% because we need you. You need you to be in those places. Amen? Well, God's good. I tell you, stuff like this is so important, it's helpful to us. It's helpful to us. We'll look back. If you'll take some of these things to heart, we'll look back in 10,000 years and say, you know what? That morning... June the 2nd, 2019, at whatever time that was, when at 12 or 1.30 in the afternoon when Pastor Greg finally shut up and let us go, I made some decisions, you know, and I tell you what, it has paid off for me. Look, look at this. Look, look, at what, look, at what, look at what I'm enjoying now because I did something with it. I'm talking to myself this morning, right? Praise God. Every head bowed, every eyes closed, no one looking around. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness. So thankful for your grace, your mercy, hallelujah. So thankful for your faithfulness, hallelujah. Lord, you love us so very much. You sent your son, you, you gave his life for us, paid the price for our sins, did so much, but you've made so much available as well. Life, joy, peace, happiness, freedom from fear, 
But you've also prepared places for us to, to walk in and, and things to enjoy in this life and the life which is to come. Father, help us to see things accurately, to see things plainly so that we can be faithful, Father, to walk these things out. Our trust not in our deeds to gain access to you, but we are endeavoring to work a godly, righteous work in response to what you've done for us. Father, we thank you this morning. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.